we're the tail that's being wagged by the dog of the U.S., where guns are rampant and gun culture is a huge deal and they have Second Amendment rights that they feel that everyone can wear holsters and bear arms and walk around in public places with guns. And these obviously filter across the border and get used in crime, and it's very difficult for us to control this uh, flux of illegal guns, and I think that is the focus that we should be having here in Canada. The Rational View is a weekly series hosted by me, Dr. Alan Scott, providing a rational, evidence-based perspective addressing important societal issues. Hello, and welcome to The Rational View. I'll be your host, Dr. Al Scott. On this episode, I've decided to switch things up a bit, and if you've been listening along, you've enjoyed some uh, very eclectic uh, discussions about creationism and nuclear power and eco-modernism, the Big Bang Theory origins, all sorts of interesting topics. But I found that my usual eclectic choice of topics with but a single week to prepare is not really allowing me to dig as deeply as I'd like into each topic. So I've decided to try something a little different in the coming weeks that hopefully we'll be able to bring a bit more focus onto each issue. And hopefully we can learn together about the topics at hand. My plan is to select a theme and then explore it over the course of a few episodes. So I'm going to attempt a scientific approach where I lay out my initial hypotheses in an opening podcast like this one and select an expert or two Uh, to interview and discuss the issue with and provide expert insights. And then over the next few episodes, I hope that we can determine whether we can affirm or negate the initial hypotheses and come to a better understanding of the issue. So to start off, I've decided to tackle a highly contentious issue, the polarizing issue of gun control. Now, I was actually requested to do this by a listener. This is an important uh, issue here to some people in Canada. Uh, and obviously in the U.S. as well, a huge, huge politicization. Now, personally, I'm not sure why everyone is up in arms about this. Pardon the pun. In Canada, the Liberal government has recently announced a new ban on assault rifles. The issue is divided almost exclusively, I think, between rural and urban electorates. And due to the current political divisions, it is also divided almost equally between conservative and liberal politicians. As always, if you enjoy my content, please hit like, uh, send me a comment. And for my new format, please feel free to look me up on Facebook and send me recommendations for anyone I should interview on this topic over the next couple weeks. Now, gun control. My history with guns, growing up on a farm, my dad had rifles and shotguns to deal with wildlife. Long guns were kept in the closet until... Uh, legislation came along requiring a locked gun cabinet. My dad and his cousin, they grew up around guns, shooting things, and they, they became quite crack shots. Uh, they used to shoot uh, birds out of the apple trees using rifles so you wouldn't get bird shot in the apples. Uh, so we heard many stories about uh, hunting trips uh, that he used to take. In fact, there's a story they used to tell about uh, when they were young, a man came to the farm and saw him shooting some birds with rifles and yeah, he said, I bet you guys can't hit my hat if I threw it up in the air. And uh, they they went went along with the bet, and he threw up his hat, and bang! And he picks up the hat, and says, look, you missed. And they go, no, no, we didn't. They picked up the hat, put their finger right through it. 
So, yeah, I've had uh, guns around me since I was young. I'm, I understand the need for them in a farm situation. Uh, I don't understand the need for them in a city. Me, I'm not an enthusiast by any means. I never really picked it up. Uh, I've shot a uh, 22 a couple times. Uh, went out and shot skeet with my dad. Well, I missed skeet and he shot it. Many of my friends go hunting uh, every year. It's a way of life up here in the north uh, to go out hunting every year with your friends. And I don't hold that against anyone. I think that's that's a perfectly fine thing to do. One thing my dad did say to me, though, is that he was never a fan of handguns. Handguns, he said, were, were manufactured for only one purpose, and that's to kill people. So as a, as a staunch Christian, he was always against uh, the manufacture of handguns uh, for any purpose. In urban environments, where most of the liberal support comes from, guns are really only used by police and gang members, and the gang members use them to intimidate and kill people, and and so do the police, I guess. Now, typically, this surrounds drug dealers and gangs, and it's when it overlaps with those of us who are not involved in these violent pursuits that uh, it becomes a tragedy. The dichotomy between rural and urban gun opinions is obvious, and we obviously can see where it comes from. And both parties' uh, polarized positions play to their electoral bases. Historically here in Canada, in the past, the Liberals under Jean Chrétien uh, implemented a long gun registry back in 1995 uh, to try to register all of the rifles and shotguns. And, and gun enthusiasts, of course, resisted this strongly, and conservatives as well, and there were um, constitutional challenges to this, uh, and people resisted. Gun enthusiasts uh, saw this as a prelude to taxation or, or seizure of their weapons, and obviously uh, they weren't happy about that. Now, Canada's uh, then Minister of Justice, Alan Rock, supported the law, and his statement to Parliament was, Registration will reduce crime and better equip the police to deal with crime in Canadian society by providing them with information they often need to do their job. Registration will assist us to deal with the scourge of domestic violence. Suicides and accidents provide another example. If a firearm is not readily available, lives can be saved. If registration, as the police believe, will encourage owners to store firearms safely so those impulsive acts are less likely, the result may be different. Now this is all laudable mom and apple pie stuff, right? But the fact is, the law passed, and in starting in 1998, Canadians were required to have a license to own firearms and register their weapons with the government. The Canada Firearms Centre quickly rose to 600 employees, and the cost of this registration effort climbed past $600 million. In 2002, Canada's Auditor General released a report saying initial cost estimates of $2 million Canadian had somehow increased to $1 billion as the government tried to register the estimated 15 million guns owned by Canada's 34 million residents. Overshadowing this entire effort was a general suspicion of misplaced effort. Pistols were used in 66% of gun homicides in 2011, yet they represent about 6% of the guns in Canada. Legal long guns were used in 11% of killings that year, according to Statistics Canada, 
while illegal weapons like sawed-off shotguns and machine guns, which by definition cannot be registered, were used in another 12%. And yet, the liberals felt that something needed to be done. There was the l'école polytechnique um, uh, shooting by Marc Le Pen, which was a, a horrible tragedy, and this was a response, I think, to that event. But I don't feel it was well thought out, and I don't feel that registering these guns had any effect whatsoever. And most of the logical, rational people who saw this move also realized that just registering the guns isn't going to have any effect at all unless there's another shoe that has yet to drop. And the other shoe would be banning of and collecting all of these guns in the future. And this really is the only thing that people could see as a potential end game. And this is why it hurt the Liberals so much in these rural ridings. So in the backdrop to all this, by 2005, the registry was abandoned under Stephen Harper's Conservative government, and the records were destroyed over the complaints of police who complained that they wanted to continue using the information to assess risks of encountering a gun at any particular residence they had to make a call to. This, despite the lack of any solid evidence they could provide that the information has ha had had any positive impacts. And this entire debate has been fraught with a lack of evidence on both sides, or a lack of statistics at least. From 1997 to 2005, during the course of this law, only 13% of the guns used in homicides in Canada were registered. Police studies estimated that somewhere between 2 and 16% of guns used in crimes were stolen from legal owners and thus potentially in the registry. The bulk of the guns Canadian officials concluded were unregistered weapons imported illegally from the U.S. by criminal gangs. And this is an obvious problem with any sort of handgun or long gun ban or registry in Canada. We're the tail that's being wagged by the dog of the U.S., where guns are rampant and gun culture is a huge deal and they have Second Amendment rights that they feel that everyone can wear holsters and bear arms and walk around in public places with guns. And these obviously filter across the border and get used in crime. And it's very difficult for us to control this uh, flux of illegal guns. And I think that is the focus that we should be having here in Canada. The difference between the U.S. and Canada in gun deaths couldn't be more stark. There's roughly a factor of six more gun deaths per capita in the U.S. They also have more mass shootings. In May of 2020, Justin Trudeau's government has come forward with a gun ban following a deadly mass shooting in Nova Scotia. Various so-called military-style assault rifles were banned by the minority government. Opponents of the bill worry that they can no longer pretend to be Rambo at their local gun clubs. Gun-happy conservatives in this rural Renfrew-Nipissing-Pembroke riding are overjoyed, as their one-issue MP, Cheryl Gallant, will continue to be guaranteed a seat in Parliament indefinitely. Personally, I feel safer in countries where guns are rare. I think this is the shared opinion of most uh, supporters of these gun bans. Do I believe guns are necessary for self-defense? No. I think handguns should be banned. I think guns have no place in cities. The easier it is to get access to a gun, the more likely bad guys will have them. Not having guns for self-protection does put law-abiding citizens at risk of being exploited by bad guys. Sure, that's definitely a counter-argument 
But people are at risk of that anyways. Mass shootings still happen, even on military bases, where people all have guns. I think long guns for wildlife control and hunting are not a major risk to society. And I think the long gun registry was a shameless appeal to urban voters with very little impact on gun violence or safety in Canada. What's my hypothesis? My hypothesis is that gun deaths will correlate with handgun ownership. Accidental deaths and suicides, I think, may be significantly mitigated if we were to ban handguns altogether. But I think that any action we do in Canada will be overshadowed by the huge reservoir of illegal guns which were filtering across, which continue to filter across the border from the U.S. So I don't know that anything we do will have a major effect on handgun violence or gun violence in Canada. I think we need to continue to restrict access to these as much as we can and train gun owners and do solid background checks and do what we can to stop uh, these guns at the border. I personally think that guns can be made more safely and that we should be pushing for a way to prevent stolen guns from being used in crimes. We can have RFID trigger locks or biometric uh, locks uh, that will only allow the owner to, sh to fire the guns. That sort of advocacy, I think, is uh, a positive step to prevent or minimize uh, gun violence and these deaths. I think any sort of legislation in, introduced in Canada is going to be limited in effect due to the fact that we have this huge reservoir of illegal guns coming over our borders. Uh, and anything short of a complete ban really is going to be very difficult to, to see the impact out of the statistics of crime due to the fact that we're so close as a country to the U.S., that we're basically just overshadowed. So the question is, what can people who want to prevent these deaths do? And I think advocating in the U.S. is one thing that can be done. Um, tightening the borders is another thing that can be done. And working to uh, put safety controls onto the guns themselves is a third thing that can be done uh, to enact change. And make society as a whole a safer place. We need to have these debates on a national level. And unfortunately, it seems like because the issue is polarized, no one can actually talk about it without uh, falling into rhetoric and memeing. What we need is a logical, respectful discussion between both sides of this issue. And so what I want to do is to uh, interview both gun control advocates and gun enthusiasts and try to get this middle ground, try to find this middle ground. And hopefully you can listen to this podcast and chime in your thoughts as well. I would love to hear what you think about this issue. I would love to hear um, your opinion, uh, your ideas for guests even, because it's important, I think, to have a respectful discussion around this issue and find a way forward as a society to have gun safety and protect our kids from gun violence while also protecting the rights of farmers to um, protect their livestock and their crops. Because otherwise, people in rural ridings are going to continue to vote conservative no matter how much bigotry and hatred and 
anti-science rhetoric they spout as long as they promise to protect their gun rights. And we need a more nuanced approach and we need more progressive representation if we're to move forward as a modern society. Thank you for listening to The Rational View. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, please consider visiting my patron page and becoming a patron of this podcast at patron.podbean.com slash the rational view.